Hey guys, I'm Lennon. And I'm McKinley. And this is Bikini Bottom Live Season 1 Extravaganza Part 2. We'll be covering Hookie, Culture Shock, and Rock Bottom. Now let's go ahead and do Hookie. We're going to start with the credits. Uh, this is Season 1, Episode number 20A. Air date April 8th, 2000. Um, its sister episode is Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy Part 2. Um, guest, we have John Lurie and Jim Jarmusch. They are the two fishermen, real-life fishermen that appear in this episode. Writers, we have Shern Cohen, Vincent Waller, and Meriwether Williams. Storyboard uh, <coughs> artist Vincent Waller and storyboard director Sherm Cohen. Uh, animation director Edgar Larazabal and creative director Derek Dryman. Now let's go ahead and dive in to Hookie. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain! Oh! Uh, it starts off with the narrator, and we see uh, the uh, above-sea shot of Bikini Bottom, but we see a bunch of fishermen in their boats, and it says, Fishermen have quite an effect on our undersea friends. And then it pans back down. And we see uh, the inside of the Krusty Krab, and Squidward uh, asks SpongeBob uh, if he's finished cleaning. And we see SpongeBob being an actual sponge, and he's just sliding on his back along the uh, ground and cleaning things up. And Mr. Krab bursts in, screaming, They're back! They're back, the hooks! And everyone's just staring at him. And he runs up to, to Fred, and he just like starts yelling in his face, How about a mint? He, he keeps he keeps yelling about the hooks, and we see uh, a guy uh, getting his order, and he goes, "Can I make that to go?" And Squidward's like, "You have no idea how lucky you are." So Mr. Krabs runs up to Squidward, and Squidward just grabs a bucket and puts it over his head, saying, "I have to do my waste bucket inspection." No, oh, yep, there's one. <laughs> he doesn't say what he's inspecting. Yeah, but uh. So, no, everyone's ignoring Mr. Krabs because they think he's, you know, insane. So, Spongebob walks up, though, and asks him what he's talking about. So, then he, he starts explaining what the hooks are. The hooks, me bucko. And he keeps he, uh, shaping his claw to be like a hook, and it shows the reflection <laughs> in Spongebob's eyes. And, he's, uh, <laughs> and his, his description of it is a lot like, you know, general, like, uh, tales, really very sea lore. Yeah, very dis- very descriptive. But uh, he says they dangle down and draw you close with their pleasuring shapes and their beguiling <laughs> colors. And just when you think you found the land of milk and honey, they grab you by the britches. And while he's doing this, your way and while he's saying this, he grabs a random person's uh, pants behind him, and giving him a wedge. Yeah, man. and just pulling them up higher and higher. And he's the guy's trying to drink a drink, and every time he pulls it up, he goes another <laughs> way up higher and higher and higher. Every single time, the guy sucks in more of his cup he until he swallows until he sucks the whole cup down his throat. <laughs> and then they pop up uh, of like a hatch in the top of the crusty crab. He says. Until they, you're hauled up to the surface, gasping for breath, and then they cook you, and then they eat you, or worse, what could be worse than that? Gift shops. <laughs> and this is almost like a uh, foreshadowing to yeah, the movie. Yeah, of the movie, yeah, because they go to a, one of those exact gift shops. Yep. And, uh, so, so SpongeBob's now terrified, 
Uh, and Mr. Krabs says, they won't get you as long as you listen to old Mr. Krabs. So, so SpongeBob goes back to work. And also then, foreshadowing. So, yeah, SpongeBob goes back to work and Patrick peeks his head out through the window in the kitchen. Goes, good morning, Krusty Crew. Guess what? <laughs> the carnival's back in town. <laughs> Do you remember the commercial that had this audio? It was for those SpongeBob gummies and they did kind of like stop motion with them. And then, uh, you remember this? I very vaguely remember this. This was on Nickelodeon, and then, it, <clears throat> for those who remember, it was a commercial for, like, I guess it was Spongebob gummies, but they used this audio, and then they made Spongebob and Patrick, like, with using stop motion, using the gummies as the puppets, and then, the carnival's back in town, but then, I forgot what in the commercial the carnival was, because it wasn't a hook, because they were out on, like, this countertop or something, but. No, I, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the very, very back of my mind. Something I, I would I have really never, liked that commercial. Something I would have never thought of in a million years. All right, we can get back to the thing now. But, um, so, so yeah, Patrick's annoying SpongeBob, and he says, I can't leave now, I'm working. It's not leaving, you're just taking a break. So, <laughs> so SpongeBob just kind of, you know, teleports outside, and they're walking while Patrick's singing, We're going to the carnival, we're going to the carnival. And, then, and they run up. And we finally see it, and it's a just a giant field of of hooks, different colors and different um, baits. I guess that's what yeah. And yeah. SpongeBob says, "Where is everybody?" Patrick goes, "I don't know. There was some kid here earlier." And we just see a lone pair of sneakers, <laughs> like <laughs> the kid. kid dead. The kid was got by the hooks and killed, pulled out of his shoes. And then, and then, Sponge, and then SpongeBob's like, doesn't look at any carnival I've ever been to. And he bumps into a hook and though without like any kind of uh, ornament on it. <clears throat> so he sees it and it finally clicks that these are the hooks that <laughs> Mr. Krabs was talking about. Of course, Patrick thinks it's the carnival. And so uh, SpongeBob's screaming at him to don't touch it. Those are the hooks. And Patrick s- sits on a hook, goes, <laughs> Hmm, I sense no danger here. How could they be dangerous? They're covered with free cheese. And he just shoves the entire hook into and, his mouth. And all the cheese in it is like cheddar Swiss. Yeah, very tiny, tiny cubes I guess that's of so, cheddar Swiss. There's no, there's no way someone wouldn't be like, what did they draw? Oh, it's cheese. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you just had a tiny... Because they, they couldn't make it the color of Spongebob either. Yeah, so it's the color of cheddar, but it has, like, the holes that right. is always associated with cheese in general. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he just pull, puts the whole hook in his mouth. Like, you could see it, like, bulging out the back of his neck. <laughs> yeah. And he just sucks the entire cube of cheese off. He's, like, swallowing a sword. Yeah. Then Spongebob said, but Mr. Krabs said... Let me ask you something. And he, uh, SpongeBob turns around, and Patrick has basically the entire field of hooks. Ten hooks. Yeah, in his like mouth. all in his mouth, pulling his cheeks. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, he's like, "Line up, will you? Do I have to eat this all by myself?" And he starts getting pulled away. <laughs> so SpongeBob just starts screaming and running around. And then we see Patrick floating down, laughing. And when, and when he floats down, his uh, shorts kind of inflate. Yeah, they inflate like they're catching the not air. They're catching, and uh, he slowly floats <clears throat> back down. Which that's, I guess, that was his idea of the carnival. It's the the you fun ride. Up and you jump off. Yeah, the fun ride is getting to ride the, the <laughs> hooks up. It's 
kind of like the um what is that ride there's 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 multiple of ones of them but it's not it's not arachnophobia it's acrophobia yeah 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 the, the dropper yeah rides. you go really fast and you go down really fast yeah yeah and then patrick you know floats back down and, and spongebob bumps into him patrick you're alive am i ever you should try it but what about the surface and your britches and the gift shops you just jump up before you go up too high. Mr. Krabs said I shouldn't get near those things. Did he say you shouldn't climb on top of them and run them like a horsey? And this one has a a bait on it that does kind of look like a um uh, a, a seesaw horse. Yeah, like a rocking horse. Rocking horse. Yeah, and uh, and so <laughs> it felt was like, well, no. And then Pedro goes, wee. And then um and then SpongeBob finally gives in, and this is the part. This is the downfall. And he, he, he goes, I guess he didn't. And they both jump on, and then it goes up really fast. And uh, Patrick goes, hi-ho, silverfish, away. And then they, so they're going up, up, and up. And then we go to the real world where we mentioned the two guests earlier. I don't know who these guys are. But they, it's like, a you know, it's uh, real life. So they're, they're on a real boat, and they have real fishing poles, and they're pulling, and they're pulling, and they're pulling. And then it cuts back to SpongeBob and Patrick. And then they go, ready, ready. And then they, they both, Geronimo, and they both jump off. And then the it cuts back to the real guy, and he's just shaking his head. Well, like, he had his hand in his face. <laughs> like, he, he thought he was about to get the big one, and he lost it. <laughs> and I don't even know how he felt. Them. They don't probably weigh anything. Well, I guess they were just pulling down on it enough. And uh, SpongeBob said, this is more fun than double overtime at the Krusty Krab. So then it switches back to the Krusty Krab, where... Uh, everyone is uh, eating, but then they're complaining. And uh, the guy, a guy says, my sandwich tastes like a fried boot. And it cuts over to another guy who <laughs> has a boot on his table and says, my sandwich is a fried boot. So we, we cut back, we cut over, and we see Squidward in the kitchen. And, like, everyone's, at the, SpongeBob at, everyone's at the window yelling at him. And we see <laughs> everyone completely loses it. And, yeah, Fred is there, and... And he's just lost his mind. He goes, hurry it up, will you? We're hungry over here. Look at us. And he grabs his face and crosses his eyes. Yeah. Like, <sighs> My kids haven't eaten and I'm dying. And <laughs> then we not even have kids. Yeah. Then we, so then we cut and all, all of them are like shoving their head through the window and like yelling and pointing at him. That's not how you do it. <laughs> That's not how you flip it. Yeah. And they're all screaming at him. <laughs> And then Scooter just stops and goes, why do you want to eat this stuff anyway? <laughs> and uh, Mr. Krabs comes in and goes, Mr. Squidward, what the hell of it is going on in <laughs> you here? Think he's going to say Yeah. <laughs> what the hell of it? <laughs> so, so, so Squidward comes in and goes, it's a feeding frenzy and SpongeBob's not back from his break. And he and goes, <laughs> I thought you, that's funny. I thought you said SpongeBob was taking a break. He took, a break. No, he skipped. He skipped the part where he he, he said, uh, "No one's taking a break in the Krusty Krabs as the jump emin of whatever you fifty nine fifty nine. Yeah, he goes. Ag -ag -ag -ag. <laughs> yeah, he's a jump famine. He says he took a break, and then uh, Mr. Krabs just starts falling apart. It's, it's a recurring thing. Yeah, where he loses on. limbs. But yeah, his arms and nose like fall off. <laughs> so then he just starts walking outside. He says, all right, SpongeBob, lazy pants, I'll find you. Lazy pants. This nose can smell laziness up to 10,000 leagues. 
And so he starts like walking off in a direction <clears throat> and we see all the customers pop up behind Squidward and they just start assaulting him and throwing him up in the air. <laughs> yeah. And so this whole episode's about assault. Yes. And then, um, so it cuts back to, uh, SpongeBob and Patrick playing with the hooks. Mr. Krabs walks up and sees them grabbing on a hook and he starts screaming again, the hooks, the hooks. So Mr. Krabs runs up to them right as they are getting pulled away. Uh, and he's screaming, no, no, no. And he thinks that they're, they're dead. <laughs> so he's, he's like sobbing on the ground and they finally float back down. And then he comes up and goes, what did I tell you about the hooks? And so SpongeBob's uh, stuttering. Uh, and Patrick goes, I'll tell you about the hooks. <laughs> up and up and up and then you gently float down. And you know what happens when you don't float back down? Gift shops? Worse, you end up vacuum packed in a can of tuna. And it shows like a can of tuna. Like, like a real can. Yeah, like very with that, uh, dramatically. That, that blue background that they use all the yeah, time. Yeah, with nothing to look forward to but the smell of mayonnaise. And it shows a, a dark <laughs> mayo and you hear like a scream in the background. And they both like gulp and go, we're sorry, Mr. Krabs. I want you to promise me you'll never go near the hooks again. So... He says, you need, I need a sailor's, sailor's promise. And then they do this little, like, dance. Yo-ho, yo-ho, near the hooks, I'll never go. <laughs> and so they repeat him. And then a hook comes down and, like, goes right into his butt. Mr. Krabs. Yeah, and he just starts screaming. He goes, fire on the poop deck. And they, they copy him. You go, ah, mother of pearl, fire on the poop deck. And rub their butt just like he did. <laughs> So he finally shoves them out of there. Let's get out of this death. Chain. Yeah. So he finally shoves them out of there, and it start and it goes uh, forward, and we uh, see SpongeBob, and it's a a new day, uh, and he's uh, starting his walk to the Krusty Krab like he normally does. Uh, so he's running and running, and then Patrick comes out and goes, "Hey, SpongeBob, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> I must go to work this way. You're not going to work today. <laughs> We're gonna play hooky." <laughs> Hooky! Which, now that he knows it's not the carnival, he still is like, yeah. Hooky! <laughs> Which, I, I don't know um, how common of a, a term it is, but hooky is also a term for, like, skipping school or skipping work. Skipping school or work. Yeah. So, so yeah, he, he's it's just playing on words. But, Patrick, we promised. Why are my fingers crossed? You don't have any fingers, Patrick. Well, that Mr. Krabs is just a big dummy. He <laughs> played on those hooks all day and nothing happened to us. But Mr. Krabs said, look, SpongeBob, are you going to listen to a big dummy or are you going to listen to me? He goes, uh. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just pauses. So as Patrick runs off and goes, I'm going to go have some fun. Uh, and we keep hearing him like yell, like getting more and more distant in the background going, you know you want to. And so SpongeBob keeps walking down the street, and he bumps into a hook. He goes, oh, no, Mr. Krebs told me all about you. You're a liar, <laughs> a deceiver. I'll never fall for your tricks again. And as he's walking away, then he just pops back up and goes, is this seat taken? And sits on the hook and then rides it up, rides it back down. and goes, oh, well, that was fun. But as he tries to walk away, the hook is hooked into his pants. And he goes, I'm hooked. And that means, and it shows a can of tuna, but with SpongeBob inside. <laughs> so he starts screaming and running to the Krusty Krab. Um, going, Mr. Krabs, help! 
And we see the the inside and the of the hook Krusty Krab. like follows you yeah. know, as he runs. And we like, see along. we see the inside of the Krusty Krab, and it's uh, uh, the only people in there are Pearl and all her friends. Yeah, yeah. It's Mister Krabs' daughter Pearl and all her friends. He says, "Here you go, Pearl. A free glass of water for a free glasses of water for all your <laughs> friends." And like. I'll have this just look <laughs> on her face. And he's walking from outside yeah. in. All I did was just take the glasses. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. And don't forget to give a tip to your <laughs> old Mr. Krabs. <laughs> so then uh, SpongeBob peeks his head through the window. And Mr. Krabs says, you're two minutes late. What kept you, laddie? He says, well, um, you know those hooks we were talking about? Didn't I tell you not to go near those hooks? And SpongeBob says, um, well, no. And the hook keeps pulling him away every time he he lies the hook pulls him harder <laughs> says i mean yes yes you told me not to go near them well you weren't playing on those hooks well of course not pulls them <laughs> uh, well not exactly and he pulls them even harder and he starts like just crying and screaming at this point yes i did it i played with the hooks so he pull he walks forward and shows mr Krabs the hook in his pants he goes hmm then they're pretty deep <laughs> So she says, what am I going to do? There's only one thing to do. And Pearl and all of her friends walk up behind Mr. And Krabs. This, this whole sequence, I take many issues with. There's, there's, there's a lot of issues with this sequence. So, so the, yeah, the implication is SpongeBob's about to have to take off his pants in front of all these high school girls. SpongeBob's boss is making him strip in front of the boss's daughter. Yeah. At the workplace. So, so SpongeBob goes, Oh no, Mr. Krabs, let's take off my pants. Not in front of all these girls. So the, the hook pulls him even harder. What not to do as a restaurant owner? So he, so he, so he takes them, <laughs> so he takes them off and Mr. Krabs goes, Um, lad. And it zooms out and SpongeBob, his underwear is hooked. So and Pearl and all her friends are just staring, like laughing. Yeah. So he's, I can't do it anything but that. And Mr. Krabs goes, I understand. You were a good little fry cook, and he puts a help wanted <laughs> sign in the window, and he says, "But we'll find another. Hopefully, one that'll listen to old Mr. Krabs." <laughs> so the hook just keeps pulling him away, and he's just dragging the ground. And finally, he grabs like the Krusty Krab sign, and it bends back like a like a palm tree. Yeah. And finally, the hook just rips off his underwear completely, and so it just throws him at mock speed, yes, straight into the front uh, doors of the Krusty Krab. And his full frontal naked body takes up the entire double glass windows, and Miss and Pearl and all her friends go. Oh, look, it's Spongebob nudie pants. And, yeah, and so we, we, it zooms out, and there's, like, a table covering where his crotch should be. But, yeah, no, the whole scene is that he just took up an entire window with his naked body <laughs> in front of these these high school Teenage girls. Teenage girls. They're in high school. And then, so, he's screaming. He screams and, then, and runs off. And then... Then we, it cuts over to Squidward, and he's like, "Well, that was more of SpongeBob than I needed to see." And, and but Squidward's holding the fishing line because yes. he was the one yes. reeling so, SpongeBob. And, and so, Mister Krabs, Mister Squidward, that was some fine angling. Do you think the lad has learned his lesson? Oh, I think he'll remember this for a long time. And then, so then we see SpongeBob running and covering his. Privates, which he really doesn't have, and then and he says the pants, the underwear, and then he's crying. And he's running back to his house, and then we cut to the front of Patrick's house, and it's just a real can of tuna, and all we hear is Patrick's voice coming from inside. 
Does someone have a can opener? <laughs> and then it ends. Now let's do our favorite quotes and moments. Uh, my favorite quote is obviously, The carnival's back in town! Because of this episode. And that commercial that, for some reason, I can't remember most of my childhood, but I remember that stupid commercial about those gummies. <laughs> gummies that never even, I've never even tasted. <laughs> Um, and then favorite moment, which I think yours is the same, yeah, is when the restaurant completely loses its mind while Squidward's trying to make the the curry patties, and Fred, oh yes, oh yes, we're starving, <laughs> and then it's that's not how you flip it. <laughs> I love that part. That, that's definitely not what my when, favorite moment. If you've too. ever worked fast food and you're screwing up, it feels like. That's what everyone's saying, even though there's no one around. It's like, that's not how you do it. Can't you do anything? <laughs> you are a failure. All right. And what well, was your favorite For, for my favorite uh, quote, um, it's going to be Patrick when he has the hook with the cheese. He goes, <laughs> how can it be dangerous? They're covered with free cheese. That's basically the junk food uh, industry. How could it be unhealthy? It's got cheese on it. <laughs> Or like a fondue restaurant. How could it be nasty? You dip it in cheese. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up for Hookie. Uh, sorry, we went on a, um, a a tangent, but we d- we didn't want to water down or gloss over the the intensity of what actually happened <laughs> in that episode. And you know, the next two aren't going to be like this. But I'll, I'll be honest, I completely forgot about that until we rewatched it. And I was like. Oh my goodness! This was in a cartoon, which yeah, you, for children. Well, SpongeBob is a very good example of a show that is full of that. They get away with some very uh, like windows, yeah, kind of situations just because it's a cartoon. Like there's a whole episode where the joke was that they're swearing out loud, right? But it was it was okay because it's funny because it's a dolphin noise and it's a cartoon. But if you think about it, it's just them swearing out loud. <laughs> All right, and up next is Culture Shock, right after a word from our sponsor. Is your butt too round? Have you ever wanted the contours of your rear to meet at 90 degree angles? Well, I have the solution for you. Square Pants. With Square Pants, you can have a perfectly square posterior in seconds. Each pair is handcrafted and delivered right to your door. Once I started wearing Square Pants, my life was transformed, and I'm never going back to my old backside. Call one 482 2430 for information. That's 1-877-482-2430 for SquarePants. All right, now on to Culture Shock, also known as Episode 10A, air date September 18th, 1999. Uh, guest, we have Serena Irwin as Margaret SquarePants, SpongeBob's mom. Uh, writers, we have Paul Tibbet, Mark O'Hare, Doug Lawrence. Storyboard artist, uh, Mark O'Hare, storyboard director, Paul Tibbet. Animation director Edgar Larazabal and creative director Derek Dryman. All right, let's dive into Culture Shock. So the episode starts and we see the the Krusty Krab and it's completely dead. There's not a single person in there besides the uh, employees and Mr. Krabs. And Mr. Krabs is like posing with a uh, uh, a salad bar and there's a bunch of signs splattered all over it that say free, free salad bar, no cost. And so Mr. Krabs is... Uh, standing there and looking around, and SpongeBob is just very carefully watching a table and waiting for little dust particles <laughs> to hit it so he can wipe them off. So Mr. Krabs is 
sitting there and saying, I just don't get it. If a free salad bar doesn't bring in customers, what will? Squidward's sitting over here like reading like a dance magazine. Uh, So Mr. Krabs uh, walks up and uh, he's about to say something. And then a guy walks in and Mr. Krabs runs up with a chair, picks him up in the chair, which the chair he picks him up in is like a barrel that's been carved out into an actual chair with a back on it, which is, we really never see that style of chair again, but all the Krusty Krab has those chairs throughout the episode, but we never see those kinds of chairs again, because the Krusty Krab typically just has barrels you sit on, like a bar stool. I'm wondering, this could be built for multiple reasons. They just want to do a redesign, or... They designed that one chair to be able to be like to scoop up that customer, and they're like, "Well, now it's just now I got to make all the chairs like this." Yeah, that's that's also and, possible. And it's the other method, which is just the uh, bar stool barrel type, where you're just literally just sitting on a barrel. Now, sometimes they did have bar stool, did they not? Um, I think some of the episodes. Most of the time, but, it's just that they're sitting on a barrel. Yeah, and that is so easy when you're animating because you don't have to worry. Like, because you, you can just even paint them. You don't even have to worry about them because there's there's nothing um, going to be obscuring, like, the back of the character. And they can turn any way they want to on the chair. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, it's a lot, lot easier. Yeah. So, and this episode is very weird that they chose to do that. But it, it is a very aesthetically pleasing chair. And we see it all throughout the rest of the episode. It looks a bit more fancy for the, the later scenes as well. But um, so he scoops him up and drags him over to a table, and uh, uh, SpongeBob comes up uh, <laughs> and Mr. Krabs says, "Cater to his every whim," and the, the, he's just kind of slumped down in the chair because he wasn't expecting <laughs> this. So SpongeBob walks up and comes, "Welcome aboard, sir. Here at the Krusty Krab, you are the captain, and I a mere cabin boy. You just say the word, and I will throw myself in the brig." May I take your order? And he says, all I wanted was change for the payphone. So he takes his dollar, runs off, and gives him it back in uh, and change. And he says, Monsieur's change. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, thanks. No, he says, Monsieur's change. Yeah, he doesn't say change. <laughs> Monsieur's change. For those listening who don't know what a payphone is, it was this public telephone that was basically like, at every public place and street I think corner. everyone knows what a uh, payphone is. A lot of people don't. Well, then they need to start reading books or something. Well, it, you've probably seen it in old movies, but it, it's this public telephone that you had to put change into, and then you had to know people's number or find them in a phone book. And so, presumably, he's walked from who knows where to the Krusty Krab to try to get change for the payphone. Well, so they're probably... Was, they some, never uh, took bills. They only took coins. Yeah, but in some uh, some outside shots of the Krusty Krab, we do see, like, things set up, like newspaper um, stands no, and things like that. So, there's it, it, probably, a, presumably, like, a payphone somewhere on the outside. But definitely, like, this that dates this show. Yeah, no, it definitely dates the, the show uh, quite well. But uh, he, yeah, he gets the change back and goes, thanks. <laughs> and he puts a penny on the table and goes, here you go, and runs <laughs> off. And uh, Mr. Krabs, like, detects the penny. He smells it and dive bombs from the other side <laughs> of the restaurant onto it. it so, puts it in the safe. Yeah, so he cut to his office and he puts it in the safe. And uh, he's talking to Mr. Krabs, or Mr. Krabs is talking to SpongeBob and Squidward. They're both sitting in those um, barrel chairs. 
Uh, and he's talking to them about the uh, prophets of the Krusty Krab, and he's saying that they need a new gimmick to bring in people. So SpongeBob just keeps suggesting random stuff off the top of his head, like a free pair of socks with every purchase, <laughs> or double patty midnight madness. Oh, 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 I know, I know. How about mouthful of clams day? And he somehow a bunch of clams just appear in his mouth and he starts saying. <laughs> They're clamped to his tongue. Yeah, he says everyone who shows up with a mouthful of clams gets a free drink. Gets a free drink. And he sticks out his tongue and there's just a bunch of clams up to it. I was thinking more of something like live entertainment. And then Squidward's, Squidward's like wakes up. Yeah, he wasn't paying attention this whole time until he heard that part. But um, he says, that's it, a floor show. Wait, a talent show with your host, me. This is the moment I've, I mean, we've been <laughs> dreaming of. <laughs> Think about it, Mr. Krabs. You will be responsible for bringing culture to this cultural wasteland we call Bikini <laughs> Bottom. Not to mention the money. The, the money? money? <laughs> I can see it now. Your daughter, Pearl, her name up in lights. Uh, he like has a picture of her, and he's looking at it. And uh, SpongeBob, SpongeBob's excited, and he uh, runs off. He says, "I better call my folks." <laughs> so they, Mr. Krabs, agrees. Uh, and it cuts to um, later that day, and we see the Krusty Krab is being decorated. It has this uh, big stage with purple curtains, and all the tables are being decorated uh, with like these. Uh, cloths like really nice tablecloths and has those really fancy uh barrel chairs uh and we see uh squidward he's like directing it all he's writing down notes and uh spongebob walks up and goes what am i going on going on what the show what am i going on the show i have a great act what talent could you possibly <laughs> possess so spongebob pulls out his bubbles and he blows this giant bubble hippo and they do like a uh, a little um what is it called? That kind of dancing? It's not tap dancing. It's, it's, um, it's, is it vaudeville? It's something like that. It, it kind of looks like singing in the rain, that kind of stuff where like each person, like this is like they way have, back. They have like, like, you know, the little, the little straw hats and a cane and they dance yeah, along with this it. Was, it. It was a lot like, I would say pre TV, but like post radio. Like it may, mostly in movies and in live shows, there would be kind of like a musical number and like a dance act, and everybody and all the men would be wearing these little hats and have canes, yeah, and tap dancing or dancing. And yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, shows reference it. Like Looney Tunes does it a lot. Um, it had to be from vaudeville because Looney Tunes got all their stuff from yeah. vaudeville. But uh, yeah, so they he dances with this hippo and goes ta da. It's not Chopin, is it? No. Okay. But, um, yeah, so he, SpongeBob does his little dance and Scooter goes, no one, not even your parents would want to see that. <laughs> and the hippo pipe pops and disappears. He goes, what the people want is culture, not dancing bubbles. Okay, I get it. Don't worry, Squidward. I'm going to come up with the most cultured act ever. Ever. I can hardly wait. He says, the only culture that guy has is in his tennis shoes. <laughs> tennis shoes. I crack myself up. <laughs> so it, it so it cuts to uh that night and we see like the entire town has come to this yes. little talent show. It's 
It's a like a little talent show at a local restaurant. It looks restaurant. just like the Golden Globes. There's a news anchor. There's a red carpet. Everyone's in black ties sitting at the tables. Yeah, and they're just busting them in. Yeah, it's it's like the like a like actual global award show, <laughs> but it's it's a little local talent show with like four acts at a, in a little restaurant in a podunk town. But everyone's lo- like clearly taking it very very seriously. So uh, we see uh, uh, them all behind the curtains, and they're uh, looking out. And SpongeBob sees his parents, uh, and they're like, you know, meeting Mr. Krabs. So uh, Squidward, Squidward's like gathering everyone up and saying, "Now you may be thinking that this is your one shot at the big time. Well, it's not. It's mine." <laughs> like there's gonna be someone there who's yeah, gonna discover. Squidward yeah, like a talent like, scout. Yeah, right. <laughs> So SpongeBob wheels up this big, um, like tub of water, uh, and he says, Hey, Squidward, what about this for the show? The amazing Mr. Absorbency. And he sticks his hand into the, like his finger into the water and sucks up a bunch of the water <laughs> and just starts shifting it in between different parts of his body, going, Ta da! Titty! Cause he's like putting it into his, he's shoving it into his face and yeah. like, he can't he speak. Says, no one wants to see you in gorgeous self. He's just flattened. So he starts, he like gets at Squidward's feet and just starts begging, saying, I really want to be in the show. And so Squidward just hands him a mop and says, okay, you get to mop up afterwards. So this is what it feels like in the big time. <laughs> With this mop, I shape my destiny. <laughs> so it, it, the talent show starts and it begins with Squidward walking out. And he's really nervous. He has like little cue cards that he's reading off of. And he says, good evening and welcome to the first annual Squidward Tentacles talent show. <laughs> sponsored by the Krusty Crab, home of the Krabby Patty. Because no one else would give it a home. And, and, this- and everyone else is like, <laughs> doesn't react at all. But Patrick's in the very back. Sitting with Mr. Krabs and um, SpongeBob pants, and he's just <laughs> rolling back in his seat, laughing. He loses it. <laughs> uh, thank you. Our next hack is living proof that nepotism is alive and well. <laughs> Put your fins together for. Put your. <laughs> Pearl. <laughs> and I think the nep- I guess the nepotism joke was Pearl has a spot in the talent show. Yeah. And this is Mr. Krabs. Yeah. Dog. If you don't know what like nepotism means, it means uh, like you use your influence to get your family or friends into positions. So it, the joke is obviously Pearl's only in the talent show because Mr. Krabs is over <laughs> it. Nepotism is alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> so Pearl shows up and she's in her like cheerleader uniform. So is she in anything else though? How, like, what do you mean? Doesn't she always wear that? I I guess not. She's, well, she has her pom-poms. I guess that's the only difference. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing she wears. Yeah. So, she's spelling out the, the, the crusty crab. She runs up, goes, give me a K-R-U. And she jumps and hits the floor. <laughs> and since she's, like, a two-ton whale, I guess, she hits the floor and every seat in the crusty crab flies up in the air. <laughs> And she keeps spelling out the Krusty Krab and jumping up and down. And every time she hits the floor, like, the chairs just go flying and people are thrown everywhere. So the entire floor is is basically destroyed. Everyone's thrown around and they're all just laying on the ground. So uh, we see 
SpongeBob, he's talking to Squidward again. When I mop, do you think I should go forward to back? No, 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 wait. Side to side. And Squidward, uh, he's like tied to the, um, like the weights used to move the curtains. Mm-hmm. And he lets it go. And so Squid- SpongeBob just goes flying. So Squidward walks back out and he introduces the next person. He goes, and now poetry by Gary. <laughs> and Gary is like on a little bar stool and he goes, <clears throat> meow, meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> and Sandy's uh, in the audience. She goes, he has such a way with words. <laughs> and Squidward's like looking out and he goes, come on, come on, Ginsburg. If this doesn't hurry up, we're going to have to, we're not going to have time for the best act. Me. <laughs> Which, uh, Gin- we had to look up the Ginsburg. Yeah, the Ginsburg. That they were I thought referring. it was, he was like, why is he making the reference to Ruth Bader Ginsburg? <laughs> but it, uh, we looked it up and it's a reference to Alan Ginsburg, who is a, a very uh, famous, like, counterculture, uh, controversial poet. And and the joke, uh, at least that what we, from what we understand, is the joke is that there's no substance at all to what Gary is saying. <laughs> so he's calling him uh, Ginsburg, ironically. <laughs> so uh, so SpongeBob comes back out and he goes, Hey, Squidward, should I use Mr. Cleanser or Dr. Clean? Yes. <laughs> uh, and we cut over and it's uh, now Plankton, for some reason, has a spot in the talent it's, show. It's Bob yeah, so so if he's doing like a magician's act. He says, I, the amazing Plankton, with the use of uh, presidigitation, and he like pulls out flowers, make a Krabby Patty disappear before your very eyes. And he jumps off and just steals a Krabby Patty and tries to run out with it. So Mr. Krabs stops him at the door and he takes it from him. He goes, you may win this time. She a thing. And he, and there's a big like puff of smoke. It, it's just Plankton still standing there covered in ashes. <laughs> she a thing. <laughs> so he goes, well, this stinks and starts walking off and everyone's booing. This at is this where point. it all goes to crap. Yeah. And everyone's booing at this point because so far it's been completely awful. <laughs> So Mr. Krabs, like the most local talent shows. So Mr. Krabs, like basically on fire because you hear like the sounds of flames, r- flies up to Squidward and goes, "Squidward, this show is a disaster. You're ruining me. Now don't you worry, Mr. Krabs. I've saved the best for last." So it cuts and we when we see um, Squidward's act. So now there's dr- there's a drum roll and there's balloons falling from the ceiling because. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for, we've saved the best for last. <laughs> Put your hands together for the incomparable Squidward. And we, uh, we get, um, uh, like this little neon light that says Squidward Live. And this is, this is where we got the audio and the inspiration for the, the intro. intro yeah. Boom, 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 boom. And we see Squidward and he's like, on the stage, and he has this background, which is like the like the uh, plateaus of Arizona yeah, for some reason. Rocks. Yeah, and he shows up, and at first it's him just kind of prancing to like some classical music, but then the background changes to like this electro punk thing, and it's like this uh, techno music. It's, well, it's almost industrial. Yeah, and Squidward just starts doing like uh, all these. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like wiggling his body, like doing the worm in air. <laughs> and all, all, uh, I guess 
six of his arms yeah, are all out wiggling. just wiggling. And there's, and there's this uh, fish in the audience go, what the? <laughs> Everyone's just so appalled. <laughs> so everyone, everyone starts running up to the salad bar and taking tomatoes and just starts pelting him in the face. <laughs> So Mr. Krabs puts a sticker over the free sign and makes the salad bar one dollar. So now everyone in the audience is paying money to throw tomatoes like a dollar and sweaters. A tomato. Yeah. So they start giving the money going, it's worth every penny. <laughs> and they're just pelting him with tomatoes. So Squidward's like yelling at the audience going, you bottom feeders, you don't even know talent. And they all start screaming, no, no talent, talent, no, no talent. talent. So he storms off and SpongeBob's like, hey, Squidward, can I go on now? Yeah, sure. So the show's over. So SpongeBob, SpongeBob like walks out uh, very, very humbly, like, and just starts mopping up the uh, tomatoes. And everyone in the crowd stops and goes, "Hey, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good." <laughs> and SpongeBob just mopping up the tomatoes. The best is that guy though. He's like, "Hey, hey, yeah, that's that's pretty good." <laughs> and SpongeBob just keeps mopping and more. And what we were talking about while we were watching it was like. This is this is totally the modern YouTube trend. Is like watching oddly satisfying things, like pressure washing, yeah, pressure washing, or cleaning your dirty car. Or, yeah, like and yeah. I was like, <laughs> everyone's like very like just loves it, and everyone's like cheering at this point. And SpongeBob walks off now, screaming, "We want more!" And Squidward, Squidward thinks they're him. yeah, he goes, "They want an encore," <laughs> and he walks out. And as soon as he steps out on stage. The audience goes dead silent. <laughs> he le- he gets mad and walks off again. So SpongeBob walks out and starts mopping again, and they start cheering. Squidward walks out dead silent. <laughs> so finally, Squidward realizes that they're just cheering on SpongeBob. So he goes back out stage. He just holds SpongeBob out through the curtains, <laughs> and they start cheering. And he sticks his own face out, and they stop. And then does it with their arm. They do the same thing. SpongeBob's arm shows up. They just lose their mind. <laughs> Squidward puts it out. And it's silent. So finally, it's SpongeBob. They cheer, and then it's Squidward mopping, and they stop. And Squidward uh, is trying to mop, and they just still dead silent. Uh, and then so uh, Squidward's still trying to mop, and someone throws another tomato at him. So SpongeBob then walks out with a broom and dustpan and sweeps it up, and everyone loses their minds and starts. Cheering him on more. Throwing pink roses. And so Squidward walks off and we see um, Mr. Krabs is laying in a wheelbarrow full of money, wheeled by uh, SpongeBob's dad. <laughs> and he says, and Mr. Krabs is congratulating him. What a great show. And uh, his dad's like, I never knew he had such I talent. Never knew he had such talent. So. And Mrs. SquarePants is like, my son's a star. And yeah, Mr. Krabs is saying, I'll need another wheelbarrow for next week's show. And it pans back to SpongeBob and like the crowd's throwing flowers at now and the flowers like block the screen and the, the episode ends. So that about wraps it up for Culture Shock. Now we're going to get on to our favorite quotes and moments. All right, my favorite quote's going to be when Squidward tells SpongeBob, no one wants to see you engorge yourself. And my favorite moment has to be when Patrick is laughing because uh, Bill Fagerbaki is is like going all out. Like he probably had to back up five feet from the microphone, and they just he just like, all right, Bill, do your best hysterical laughter. Don't hold anything back. And he's, <laughs> and. It, <laughs> He loses his mind, and 
I've I've always laughed when other people laugh. Doesn't matter. Like you watch those videos on YouTube where it's like the new the all the entire news team just starts laughing hysterically. I got I don't even care what they're talking about. It's just I always laugh when other people are laughing and it's just hilarious to me. So what is yours? Uh, my favorite uh quote is probably gonna be uh when Gary is doing his poetry and uh Squidward's watching, he's like, Come on, Ginsburg, if you don't hurry it up. Just because of the I guess like the because you uh, had to look up who Ginsburg was. Well, once I looked it up, though, I like understood the joke. Now, oh, okay. I guess as an adult, I think it's pretty funny because I, as a kid, I obviously never knew what on earth he was talking about. Like most of the jokes well, in uh, SpongeBob, we, like we, that, we didn't have the resource to look up what that was either. Um, and then, what is your moment? Uh, my favorite uh, moment is probably going to be when SpongeBob first starts mopping. Uh, and, uh, everyone goes, Hey, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. And everyone starts cheering them on just because it's, it's the, it's the whole, um, uh, like a uh, climax of the episode and it's, it's just so random. It's, it's hilarious. All right. And up next is rock bottom. All right. Let's get into rock bottom. Also known as episode 17B, uh, air date March 15th, 2000. Writers have Paul Tibbet, Anisio Trincian Jr., David Fane, uh, storyboard uh, artist Paul Tibbet, Anisio Trincian, uh, animation director Tom Yasumi, and creative director Derek Dryman. All right, let's go ahead and dive into Rock Bottom. So the episode starts, and we see SpongeBob and Patrick at this amusement park, which is Glove World. It's an amusement park themed after gloves for some reason. I think it's a riff on Disney World because the gloves look like Mickey Mouse gloves. That's the only thing we can think of. I mean, there might be some uh, commentary somewhere where they talk about what it's meant I don't to be. Think it's, it's nowhere close to like a Six Flags, even though it, the size and the the like. Um, the low standard of it reminds me of I mean, that, it looks but... just kind of like a generic carnival in this uh, right, it just shot. Looks, it just looks like a state fair. Yeah. But I think the, like, them being obsessed with, like, everything is glove. It's kind of like Disney World where there's Mickey Mouse ears everywhere. Yeah. You can get Mickey Mouse everything. So, uh, yeah. So, we see them holding a bunch of, like, glove-themed merchandise, <laughs> like balloon hats and things like that and then they get on this uh bus and uh the bus driver uh asked for the bus fare so spongebob is digging through his pockets and every single time he turns to put his hand in another pocket he just completely smacks the crap out of the bus driver with his <laughs> giant glove balloon and he just keeps turning around no mate it's in this pocket and just beating the crap out of him he just has like black eye <laughs> he just says just take your seats he gets beaten in the face again. He goes, Thanks, mister. He goes, Yeah. <laughs> so they uh so they both get on got get on the bus and it starts driving away. And we see a, a guy like asleep in one of the other seats. And so um they start going down the road and they start showing off like what they got, which is just ridiculously glove themed <laughs> merchandise, like a flashlight with a glove on it. And he says, I got g- gloves for my glove action figure. So it's just another glove. That has gloves on each finger. Like a fractal. Yeah. <laughs> I got gloves for my glove action figure. It's like, wow. <laughs> so 
so there so Patrick looks out the window and says sees a sign that says you are now leaving Bikini Bottom. And he just like <laughs> he sits back in his chair and goes, Hey SpongeBob, where's leaving Bikini Bottom? Where'd you see that? We just passed the sign. You are now in leaving Bikini Bottom. <laughs> So SpongeBob like uh, looks through the window and sees Bikini Bottom City Limits, and as soon as he uh, sees that, he says, "Patrick, I think we're on the wrong bus." And the bus takes a nosedive down degrees. a complete ninety degree angle drop, and they fly to the back of the bus and like hit the back like they're experiencing several G's of force. <laughs> and they and uh, SpongeBob's trying to. Uh, Drag his way up to the front seat by seat, uh, kind of like a plane. That's, that's yeah, kind of yeah, like, it's, got, like a crash. Yeah, and it's playing plane. and it's playing like the uh, warning like sound, like er, er, er. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a like a plane dive bombing. So, but then the bus uh, just casually gets to the the bottom <laughs> of this, which was essentially a trench, and then they they smack against the uh, front of the bus, and the bus driver throws them out because they've been annoying. He says, but we need to get back to Kitty Bottom. Oh, well. And he drives off <laughs> and completely abandons them in this random town, which is this really dark, like basically permanently night city that is in the bottom of this trench. And we learn it's rock bottom. Yeah. It's a place we've never been to before. And it's um, it's basically an homage to how real trenches are in the ocean where there's like there's creatures we've never seen before and they they have bioluminescence where they can create their own light yeah and it's just it's like completely bizarre compared to other fish yeah and it's just you know like permanent permanently dark down there which in like you know spongebob's case it's permanently night and they start looking around and they're like it's weird around here it's kind of different and he picks up like a handful of soil <laughs> even the soil looks different and the soil has like a face it says do you mind putting me down and he shakes his hand and just throws it Which everywhere is, this will be a recurring thing so like the language of rock bottom is basically english but then they go in between every other word which is considered an accent for some reason <laughs> so but they so they you know they start exploring like where they are and the way they make rock bottom feel even more different is every creature they're not really drawn like the other fish because they're not there's they don't follow the same design pattern as the regular bikini bottomites these are rock bottomites yeah and and uh we see patchy's like i don't like it here it's dark and scary. I can't even tell the bathrooms apart. And we see two different bathrooms, and one is a question mark, and the other's an upside down question mark. <laughs> He's like, Oh, well, that's an easy one, Patrick. Just wait for someone to come out, and then you'll know. And so they start waiting, and things start walking out that keep getting more crazy. And, and they, these more ambiguous fish. And they can't tell, you know, like the gender, I guess, of either <laughs> one, which also, I guess, does apply to a lot of uh, deep sea trench animals, because a lot of them are like, uh, I mean, some of them have gender, but some, a lot of them, like, they don't follow typical, like, uh, gender, I guess, uh, what's the word, uh, dimorphism. Yeah. Because, like, anglerfish... The anglerfish that everyone knows are female. The males are very, very tiny, and you wouldn't even consider them like a typical anglerfish. The giant ones with the big teeth and the glowing uh, hook is yeah. female. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, they're 
freaking out because they can't even tell which one's which the bathroom he's like, I still can't read the sign and Patrick's getting like more and more upset he's like, I want to go home and so Sponge says oh okay you wait for the bus call me when it comes I'm gonna go get a bus schedule and as he's walking away the bus <laughs> yeah. a bus flies by with Patrick's head together and he goes hey, the bus is here <laughs> and it's just flying yeah and it goes up and he goes up back up the 90 degree slope and Patrick's Patrick's out but SpongeBob's uh, trying to chase after it, and of course he can't run up the ninety degree slope. He says, "Well, I guess Grandpa Squarepants was right. Don't run for a bus." And then he puts on <laughs> sunglasses and gets a, a big Coke uh, glass like bifocals and a walker says, "Especially if it's going up at a ninety degree angle." <laughs> and he just jumps it. Yeah, he goes, "I better go wait for the next one." So he's just standing. Next to this bus stop, uh, and he sees that his shoe's untied. And so while he goes to tie it, uh, the bus comes up and then drives off really quick. And it drops off the the reoccurring character of this this red anglerfish that has a glowing uh, hook. Yeah, but um, also that uh, this comes up later is the fact that SpongeBob ties his shoe here. Yeah, which if you remember the there's a whole episode later on of. Uh, where SpongeBob forgets how to tie his shoe, or shoes, and then uh, mentions that he's never had to retie them, which this kind of counter uh, contradicts that. But uh, this whole episode is kind of filled with odd contradictions and errors. But uh, we are actually not sure if that is intentional or not, because this whole episode is kind of surrealist. It's kind of um, might be meant to mess with you in a way. Well, and also they didn't know at the time they were going to do the shoe tie thing, so they probably forgot that very small thing. I mean, yeah, or, that's more likely. And, and if you want to, because there's people who work very hard to put the episodes in chronological order, this could take place after that. There's nothing in this episode that would make you seem like, oh, this is the season <clears throat> one. Like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but um, so. Yeah, so this uh, this like anglerfish guy shows up. He says, um, "Excuse me, can you help me?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's just smiling uh, at SpongeBob the whole time. Like, I don't, I don't even care what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and uh, SpongeBob's balloon has got uh, blown away, uh, and uh, he says, "Hey, can you help me?" And so the guy just darts after the balloon. <laughs> he wanted the guy to go get him a buzz. Yeah. So um, yeah, the guy runs off after his balloon. Full sprint. He's gone in <laughs> seconds. And that fish was drawn like a normal fish. He just had a glowing uh, yeah. appendage. Yeah, but he also, he just had like a very odd look to him. Like he didn't have a very harsh black outline. He had like a glowing one that was lighter than his own main color. He looked, it looks to, really cool. Yeah, to, to make him to make him stand out against And he had a bow tie. Thing. That's one thing he was wearing. Yeah, clothes. that was, was that was weird. Um, so... SpongeBob's here waiting. Uh, he says, "I'm not leaving this spot no matter what." And his tongue and his stomach rumbles, he, and he's like, "Glove candy dispenser." And he pulls out what's basically like a Pez dispenser, yeah. and he uh, drops like a few little glove-shaped Pez candies <laughs> onto his mouth, and he starts eating them, and then spits them out and goes, "Ew, glove flavored." <laughs> uh, ugh, I mean, it just tastes like a rubber glove, which uh. is nasty. And that's another thing is that a lot of the gloves, like the actual gloves that they're, um, like the glove world stuff is based off of, 
like it's not even like a cloth glove. It's, it's like, like a, a weird, glove. weird latex, uncolored latex glove, and it looks so weird. It's like Mickey's it's just, gloves are like cloth. Yeah, they're stage yeah. gloves. These are like that, uh, that weird tannish <clears throat> color. I mean, of, it's, it's like yeah, it's like undyed latex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the color of Glove World. It's, they're not blue or anything. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Glove World comes back like one or two times later. Yeah, right? it comes back a, a few other times. Yeah. Um, but uh, so at, the, at this point, uh, he's really hungry and he sees a vending machine across the street that says candy with a K. And Everything is spelled wrong, too. It's yeah. Like, almost feels like you're in Germany because like, there's certain things <laughs> yeah. like there's a K and there's a Z. Yeah, it's like, it's like uh, some European countries. It's like, oh, yeah, that's like, you know, my alphabet, except some of the, re- the letters are completely wrong. <laughs> It's almost like because it says also, buzz and candy. Yeah, it's almost like Russian as well, where it's like they have a lot of similar letters, but then some of them are just flipped backwards yeah, at random. I like that <laughs> but um, so yeah, he sees the the uh, candy machine. He goes, "Hmm, kelp nougat crunch." And he starts looking around the road, and so he goes, oh, "I'll be gone for a second. <laughs> and he runs up to the machine and puts a quarter in. And, of course, a bus drives by. But they don't stop. Yeah, they just drive they by. They just tap their brakes and keep going. <laughs> I guess the bus drivers, I mean, obviously, they're messing with well, him. but well, Or they just, they're not, they don't see someone standing right then. They don't stop. <laughs> well, it's like they, they just don't want to be in rock bottom either, I yeah, guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he takes, so he's about to walk back over to the vending machine. Takes a few steps, darts back around. Takes a few steps, darts back around. Then he uh, runs up to the machine and uh, puts in a quarter. And as soon as he puts in another quarter, bus comes, leaves. Which this is another <clears throat> inconsistency is he has enough money for this candy bar, but he didn't have 50 cents for the bus fare. Yeah. So there's either just a lot of overseen errors or this is just more things to mess with your mind. Yeah, it's another. This like, is a very psychological episode. Yeah, it's it's things that like. It almost just mess feels with like you. the whole episode's in reverse. Uh, it's, yeah, it's very weird. But um, so yeah, he runs up the machine and just punches in his number really quick, <laughs> and it's the most <laughs> intense scene. The as music, the music, like, da dun da dun da dun. As he's watching the little you know spiral turn. This is one of the most intense scenes in all of SpongeBob <laughs> because you can feel like. And if you've ever been in a situation where like you are in a like a, in a real big hurry and like everything beca- slows down <laughs> and and what's funny is uh, me and McKinley have been to, to Germany before and I got left by a bus. Yeah, and it was a very similar thing where we were on a tour bus <laughs> and me and my whole family <clears throat> were on it and I was like I need to throw something away so. And each bus, you know, it would stop for like 10 minutes. So I was like, oh, i got plenty of time to find a trash can. I told you to hurry up. <laughs> so I get off of it and I don't see a trash can because they don't really have a lot on the street there. And as soon as I turn around, it's driving <laughs> off. And then uh, our, uh, what are, <laughs> uh, uh, my other brother was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it looked just like Patrick with his hands <laughs> out. Like, it's funny, <laughs> And I'm like, crap. And, but it wasn't going that fast. So. I remember just laughing because I knew that would happen. As soon as you said, hey, I'm going to step off the bus with him, I'm like, he's going to get left behind because he's going to take his sweet time. So I had to jog down the street 
and down this very busy street, right past the famous Berliner Dome, which I was so uh, freaking out, I didn't even see it, and it's like humongous. And I, w- I was like, if this thing doesn't stop in the next <laughs> ten minutes, I'm it's done. So I'm gonna have to call a taxi, <laughs> and it stopped at the. Berliner Dome, which was only a block away, so I only had to jog a block. But I was like, "Are you serious?" Because he had stopped for like fifteen minutes one time, and then we stop again. I'm like, "Oh, he'll be stopped for ten minutes again." It was like five seconds, if but it was very similar. <laughs> but yeah, like so, the candy bar is unhooking with this, you know, the spiral. And usually, so you think it's going to get stuck, but, yeah, it, but it actually just, does fall. It just stops for a split second, and we get this really tense, Everything. dramatic scene. And as it slowly falls down into the uh, into the bottom of the thing, and so SpongeBob goes for it, the um, bus drives off, so he runs back up. And he slowly puts his hand towards it. And as he does, <laughs> a bus slowly drives up. And <laughs> sinking to what he's doing. Yeah, as he pulls his hand away, the bus goes, uh, like, reverses. But as he puts <laughs> his hand forward, it comes forward. And he lightly taps the candy bar, and you can hear the engine rev. Like he's having the gas pedal. <laughs> it's so funny. So he, so he's like, pauses for a second. And he runs does as fast. Does a fake as, out. He doesn't yeah. grab the candy bar. He, he just runs it for the bus. Darts for the bus, and the bus drives off. And then after he's on the other side of the street, this fish just casually walks up, grabs the candy bar, and walks <laughs> up. He goes, hey, that's mine. Yeah. So he runs across the street again and goes, hey, that's mine. And as he's here, three buses pull up <laughs> and drive off simultaneously. <laughs> so he runs over and grabs the like the bus sign and shakes the crap out of it. But um, that's that's another thing is like part of like the weird surrealism of it like it's just completely messing with his mind at this point yeah nothing goes right at all for him everything in this world is completely upside down yeah so he's so now he's just trying to basically trick the bus he puts a like a cardboard cutout of himself on the other side of the street and then tries to sneak up on the bus but the cutout falls over and then the bus drives off then he tries to he you know, shape shifts into like a park bench at the bus stop. <laughs> and as soon as he tries to turn back into himself to jump on, the bus drives off. So, um, so now he's, he's just completely mad. So he marches over to the bus, uh, like, uh, station. station and which is drawn very strange. It almost looks like if you've ever seen the old, um, the old Duck Dodgers that Chuck Jones did. Like those those crazy zigzaggy floaty cities. Yeah. It looks a lot like that. So he walks he walks in and he says, I am first in line and no one can tell me otherwise. <laughs> and he turns around and there's these just huge creatures. Creepy fish. Yeah. I think the first one's supposed to be some kind of puffer fish. Or like a uh, blob fish oh, or yeah, some kind. I think it's a blob or like fish. you know, like a, a rock fish. Something like that. One of those that it's literally just a circle with fins. <laughs> And it's really ugly. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm second. I'm second in line. <laughs> and, and you then, just see these horrible, like, monster noises. Like, yeah, they're making, like, Godzilla noises. Yeah. <laughs> so he keeps, so he keeps walking 
until he's at the very back of the line. He says, okay, 329th. I am 329th in line, and nobody forget it. And so the person in front of him turns around and barfs out this giant egg. Which was like five times the size of the fish that barked it out. Yeah, he barfs out this giant egg that says 329 on it on SpongeBob's head, and SpongeBob goes... Huh. Like, <laughs> like, there's a giant egg that came out of somebody's mouth on his head, and he doesn't even care. He's just completely broken at this he goes, point. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it hatches, and it's three like tiny versions of the guy who uh, barfed, barfed it. it, and they take up the newly like open spots in the line because the line moved forward. So SpongeBob like sucks himself into his clothes, and you just hear him like screaming, like. Like he's just like swearing, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> no one in line even cares. Like, yeah, it feels very much like an airport in this part. So yeah, the line it, we see like the flow of time, and the line just keeps <laughs> keeps moving. And finally, uh, SpongeBob's like asleep, but then he, the the guy at the window finally calls him forward, and he says, "Finally, yes. When's the next bus to Bikini Bottom? What? <laughs> the bus schedule? The next bus? I can't understand your accent." <laughs> The next bus to Bikini Bottom. Oh, why didn't you say so? Next bus leaves in five seconds. <laughs> and the bus just flies off. And the guy at the window is the guy who stole yeah, his candy the bar. Yeah, the guy who stole his candy bar. So um, he says, oh, tough luck, kid. That's the last one till morning. And he just, like, leaves the window. And Spud goes, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> He goes, good night, and he throws like a clothes sign out the into the window. So SpongeBob's, you know, like sitting here and screaming. He's like, I'm not through with you. Do you hear me? And he's sitting there. He's like, I am not leaving this spot. Uh, and the lights like shut off. So SpongeBob's in total darkness now. He says, and he's so he's getting really nervous now. He's like, I'll be right here to get back at the spot in the dark by myself. He says, oh, wait, my glove light. And he pulls it out and he turns it on. And as he's holding it out, like the glove light um, flickers out. Flickers out. And he says, this isn't your average everyday <laughs> darkness. This is advanced darkness. <laughs> like the Which was a very early meme. Yeah, which is, it's like the, the darkness itself, like, took out his light. Like, he couldn't even have a, a flashlight. And there's either a video game or a movie where like the darkness hurts you there's a lot of the games where that's a mechanic yeah yeah like the just the darkness itself yeah yeah there's, there's a lot of games where that's a mechanic i'm sure there's a few movies where that's part of it too but um he's like hey if i close my eyes it doesn't seem so dark and you hear like a like a in the distance <laughs> and he's like who's there and he starts walking down the road. He's like, well, I guess that was about to be the mirror. And everything's actually, like, dark now. Yeah, like, before it was no just... no stars or moon or anything. So SpongeBob's been drawn, like, almost like in an inverted palette. Yeah. Like, because he's brown, and then, like, the yellow is brown, and then, like, his shorts are almost, like, black, kind of, or, like, a darkish green. Just to show, like, that he's actually in the dark, and he's, like, you know, like... If you've ever been, like, somewhere where there's just a little bit of moonlight, but that's the only light, like, that's yeah. basically what's going on. Yeah, yeah. so um, he's walking, and he keeps hearing raspberries in the distance, so he just keeps running faster and faster, and then finally he collides with the, you know, the 90-degree wall, <laughs> and uh, 
He keeps screaming, don't come any closer! I'm warning you! I'm a sponge! <laughs> and finally, it's the dude with the this anglerfish, the, the red, red one, one yeah. Yeah, that we see earlier. And he has the balloon, he ties it to Spongebob's wrist. <laughs> and Spongebob's like, well, I guess it solves my balloon problem. And uh, the guy starts, like, blowing and, it, like, inflating the balloon. He's like... You don't understand a word I'm saying, do you? I'm stuck here. I need to catch a bus to get home. Balloon has enough air. Thanks. And uh, at this point, though, SpongeBob, the balloon has gotten enough air that it's lifting SpongeBob. Because, hey, balloon travel. <laughs> Thank you. And the guy, like, says back in a completely normal voice, you're welcome. SpongeBob <laughs> <laughs> goes, oh. <laughs> but the guy at the beginning... I think the guy was like he um, was messing with SpongeBob because he he could understand him before, and he started going. <laughs> but it, and I like it when he comes up to SpongeBob, the red glow from the guy like yeah, the like, light. Yeah, it takes over the scene. Yeah, yeah. So SpongeBob floats up, and it's daytime, and the music goes back to a happy um, theme. And he floats over Bikini Bottom, and he lands at home, and then his balloon immediately pops. And then, it's like, yes, I'm home. And then you hear a bus, and and it's another one of those red buses coming down, I guess it's Conch Street, SpongeBob Street. And it's Patrick's at the window, don't worry, SpongeBob, I'm coming back for you. (laughs) And, And then it ends, but... Yeah, so but I don't even know if Patrick even went home. Has he just been riding buses the whole time? Hey, did, he just, like, <laughs> did he wait on the bus to try and go the whole route? <laughs> but, I mean, I think in a in the later, later seasons, there is a return to Rock Bottom, but I would say probably bef- maybe season nine or in back or eight or and back, there's no other rock bottom. Yeah, there's no other, like, even real mentions of it. Although we do see a lot of Glove World later on. Yeah, there's a whole episode about Glove World later on that's actually pretty good for a later one where they're, they're, it's like there's new roller coaster at Glove World that's, like, actually killing people. Yeah. And they want to ride it <laughs> so bad. Which, uh, uh, yeah, I think we, there's also just a few other offhand references to Glove World as well in some of the... Uh, Episodes. I like Glove well. World. It's neat. It's it's very unique. It's just very weird. <laughs> well, it's one of those SpongeBob things where it's like this could only be in SpongeBob. Yeah, because because if it was in like another cartoon, like regular show or you know or one like that's completely based off of humans, it's going to be a more realistic theme park where there's actually like theme park characters and stuff. It's literally just gloves. It's so weird. Although that's right, the Valentine's Day episode takes place in Glove World. Is that right? Does it? I remember there is a there's a big glove um mascot that Patrick is No, that's scared. a heart. Is that a heart? Oh that's the okay. I remember the big glove though. Oh no there is one but I think that might be just being one of the no, that's one of the later Glove World episodes. Oh no 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 not not the one, or it could be the one where he's scared to go on the roller coaster, and he's like um, eating that ice cream, and then he he keeps one. He wants to get a picture. Yeah, I think is that the one where they're doing the roller coaster, and he, like Patrick is terrified to get a pe- photo. Picture of the glove guy. Yeah, I think that might be that episode. All right, that one's entirely in glove world. Yeah, I think the Valentine's Day episode though, they still go to like a. Valentine's Day theme park, but it's not Glove World. Well, that's like the pier. 
That's yeah, more like, yeah, yeah. That's I supposed to be here. like Coney Island. Or yeah, something. which is really, really odd. It's similar to Glove World, but everything's like a heart. Yeah, very strange. The Glove World itself is also kind of funny, though, because it's like Patrick. Patrick doesn't have fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why Patrick liked it, because he can put on a glove and then have fingers. <laughs> <laughs> like gloves for my glove action figure. And it's, yeah, it's like Mickey Mouse slash hospital gloves. <laughs> Um, yeah, or, or Looney Tunes. They have yeah, gloves it's, too. It's, it's very Which everyone's strange. wondering why gloves are a big thing. Cartoons, real quickly, was back when cartoons were black and white, and then, um, and then even in color, they had this problem. Was when the characters because they didn't have outlines like like Looney Tunes and 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 old Mickey Mouse, they really didn't have a, a thick outline. So when their hands would cross their own bodies and they didn't really wear that much clothes, you couldn't see what their hands were doing. So they would keep like everything like black and gray and, and a little bit of white and then they would have like completely white banana fingers what they call them, gloves. They're really easy to draw and you can keep your uh, you can track them really easy with your eyes. So that's why Bugs Bunny has gloves. And what's funny about Bugs Bunny is the gloves became like a, almost like a self-aware kind of thing where he's like, yeah, I'm wearing gloves. And he yeah. would take them off and slap people with them. And, <laughs> yeah, and it's referenced a few times in some like Mickey Mouse. Uh, in the like Goofy Disney movie, stuff. he's like, you ever think about we're wearing gloves? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then um, I think the Looney Tunes show, which was like a Seinfeld sitcom, yeah. Daffy was, goes up to Bugs and like, why do you wear gloves? <laughs> and I, I forgot what he said, because yeah. Daffy's never had gloves. Yeah, and I think they also referenced it in uh, The House of Mouse a few times, too. Yeah, yeah. But um, another another thing is that they used to do, and this is the, the best example is like Yogi Bear, is a lot of times, because uh, Hanna-Barbera is the one who did it the most, is a lot of times on animals, they would give them pieces of clothes yeah. as separators for different parts of the body. That way, if they just wanted to animate their head talking in a scene, they didn't have to redraw the that whole body. That was just body. for Hanna-Barbera because they, they didn't have the budget of Disney. And they were oh, yeah. having to do weekly Yeah, that's the main cartoons. thing. is That allowed them to do weekly productions. Like every Hanna-Barbera ca- cartoon, if you watch them enough, they reuse scenes from each other over and over. That's why the Flintstones always did the same exact stuff. It's like yeah. they didn't want to have to animate new stuff. Yeah. And and yeah, like and Yogi Bear, he could just be talking to Boo Boo and just his head's moving. But yeah. his, his body they just had to image. draw they just had to draw his body once and they use it for several, several It's frames. called limited animation and it's still used today. They're just a little better at hiding it. Um but like you still notice it sometimes in cartoons. I remember noticing it as a child where you would see a, a shot of a uh, scene and you notice that one element of the scene would be kind of out of place, mm-hmm. and then a few frames later you would realize that that starts moving, and it's because they obviously didn't want to have to redraw the whole scene. They just wanted well, that and thing that, to that's move. That's not and some animation cartoons that's not limited animation like Tom and Jerry, which was actually very expensive, would still do this because. You don't need to redraw everything. Like, if you ever watched, like, the Fred Quimby, like, the old Tom and Jerry before Chuck Jones, you would know the thing that's about to move because it's been clearly cell painted, not oil painted. Yeah, or, it, would, it would stand out from the background. Yeah, yeah. And SpongeBob does that 
Yeah. Before it went digital, you can tell immediately, like, oh, this thing's about to move. Yeah. Because it's been cell painted. One of the one of the easiest ways to... There's to, no shading. Yeah. One of the ways that I've always, I always noticed it was any kind of uh, bathroom scene is because the rest of the stalls would always be part of the background. Right. But in the exactly. one that they're about to use... The door. ...would always be a slightly different shade, and it would be, you know, properly cell shaded because they were about to use that one. It would be move. It would move. Uh, but I like that. I think it... It's another thing that, that, I don't know, it's just pleasing to the eyes. It helps you focus because now every, you can you can completely hide the next thing that's about to move because everything can be you know, vectorized or whatever, digital. So it's, it's just a little more, just a little more uh, seconds of time that your eyes have to, you know, connect to the thing that's moving. But then... It's almost like a pre-thing. Like, your brain would register, oh, yeah, that thing's about to move. Let me get ready to look at that. And then it would. So, I think it actually helped. Yeah, it would help you focus on the, the scene a little bit better and follow it. Anyway, we got off on a completely different tangent on animation. Well, we like talking about animation. Uh, so, now let's get into our... Uh, you want to get into the actual episode? Or, or um, you know, we talked about it? Well, I mean, we've talked a little bit about the episode. But I think one thing that we, uh, we need to talk about, since we talked about it so much while we were watching it, is... The surrealist element yeah, of the episode, yeah, and the whole episode is very, very surreal. I mean, not just for the characters themselves, but as the audience watching. Is because I mean, obviously, there's still a lot of cartoon humor to it, but the things that like happen to SpongeBob, like with the bus just clearly messing with him, and like several going in a line, <laughs> it's it's much like it's just messing with him psychologically. Everything is meant to it mess with like him. It feels like that Star Trek episode on TNG where Frame of Mind, Frame of Mind, where Riker. Riker's actually in like a holodeck that he's been captured. And yeah, and they're like trying to trick him into thinking he doesn't. everything he does is like he seems normal for a second, and then it's like completely. Not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love Rock Bob. It, it, every time it was on, I would watch it because I just liked the whole episode because it, it's there's, very, there's very no, unique. there's no, um, there's no slow moments or low moments in it. It's yeah. just like it ramps up, ramp, ramp, <laughs> ramps, ramps up. Um, and then SpongeBob's like alone and you're just with him. And yeah, and you're dealing with the same, like, stresses and everything yeah, he's like, dealing with. You feel anxiety because it's like <laughs> he's alone and... At he, night in this dark He doesn't city. know if he can. he's going to get home. Like, to little kids, that's a big deal. <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's at a bus stop essentially at night in a city he doesn't know. Like, that's like a and terrifying that, scene. Uh, the guy who voiced Plankton, <clears throat> Mr. Lawrence, who's one of the writers, too... Uh, Based that off of something that actually happened to him. Yeah, he said like that. This whole episode was based off of uh, him as like a child that the bus driver wouldn't let uh, them go back to like if they missed their stop, they would have to ride the entire route mm. until they could get home. So they went through a lot of towns they didn't know, and that was terrifying. So that was what mainly what the show, the Not episode, bad. was based off of. Especially at night, and then there's just you know like night people. They're well, getting on the bus, <laughs> and it's kind of like home alone scene. Or he's like. Ain't much better in here, kid. Yeah, if you've if you've never ridden like public <laughs> transportation in some cities at night, it is pretty scary. Yeah, because you don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, there's just a lot of people like and they're just to very get lost in big cities. A lot of very sketchy people, very uh, terrifying. And 
it's not really that rock bottom's like a sketchy part of town. It's just like it's different. It's very you very don't know different. there's a high crime rate or something. Which there apparently is because someone stole a candy bar <laughs> right out of the vending machine. That's the only crime we see. <laughs> but I mean, robbings don't happen a lot in SpongeBob. That that you're just that takes you completely like you catches you completely off guard because you're like. Well, what's going to happen to the candy bar? It gets stolen. The guy just walks up, takes it, and walks up. And then up, that guy... Is at the window. Like, he was on break and he just decides to steal that candy bar. I mean, it's not stealing if he didn't know that SpongeBob just but paid he for was, it. But it wasn't like he was going up to use the because vending I've, machine. Because I've paid for stuff in vending machines, and then I open up the flap, and there's something else in there that someone forgot. And or he like, got double prizes. Out. Yeah. But it's like he obviously wasn't coming up to use the vending machine. But he <laughs> yeah. Saw it. He like walked up specifically. He to was take waiting them. for SpongeBob to leave. <laughs> yeah, I love that, and I love the giant creatures that are making like these Bigfoot noises. Like these, yeah, these like weird cryptid <laughs> noises, and they're all so big and scary. And I think this episode probably inspired the actual trench that's in the movie. Yeah, the trench that we see Mindy the, helps them get the to. The trench we see in the movie isn't like rock bottom where it's kind of like a halfway trench with, you know, just some of these weird creatures. The trench in the movie is an actual deep sea trench. And they where, fall for a long time. Yeah, it's very, very deep. And the deep. creatures are giant. The creatures like are Godzilla all... Godzilla size. Yeah, the creatures are all giant and they all are very strange. And then... um Rock Bottom, I think, appeared in a couple of video games. But one of the hardest levels in the SpongeBob PS2 movie game was the trench. Um, I mean, I know that's a, that's the movie. We're not probably talking about the movie. But I like the aesthetic of any episode of SpongeBob that deals with a trench. Because there's yeah. other ones. It's dark and eerie, and that's how the actual ocean is. You know, unless you're scuba diving in the Bahamas where the water's perfectly clear. And you just see all these little pretty happy, paradise fish. And there's dolphins. <laughs> well, that's where SpongeBob lives. But then, yeah. like, the real ocean's like rock bottom where it's like dark and everything is scary. Terrifying. <laughs> Everyone has, was it thassalophobia <laughs> where you're afraid of the ocean? Yeah. Um, A lot of like bioluminescent creatures. I love bioluminescent creatures. One of the first ever research papers I did as a kid i think it was the fifth or sixth grade was about anglerfish i don't know it might have been this episode like i think we had internet so i probably looked up like what kind of fish is that oh anglerfish oh these are cool and or maybe i was actually given that fish out of pure luck but I loved anglerfish. I thought they were the coolest things ever. Cause Even they, though they're pretty terrifying. They're terrifying. And also, they were Nemo. That might have been it. Now, Nemo, Nemo well. has a very long scene with anglerfish. I think it might have been Nemo that you that inspired it. But I love anglerfish. They can they create their own light. Well, there's a lot of deep sea creatures that are like that. They create their yeah, own you know, like, bioluminescent light. That's just light. something that they have over us besides being able to also breathe in the water is they can create their own light like well it's like some of those uh like really cool um i think it's a like a species of cephalopod like a squid that has the ability to create like these really beautiful light shows like, like the vampire uh, squid how it might not be that one i can't remember which one it was but i saw a video of it recently it's like any kind of like bioluminescent creature is amazing if you don't know what we're talking about just google bio luminescent and google will correct you if you get it wrong spelling wise yes, or you just look up angler fish and then wikipedia will link you to what they are because 
I mean, the the thing about trenches also, if you know anything about the ocean, we really only know about 5% of the ocean. The rest is pretty much unexplored as far as like taking data and identifying new creatures <clears throat> because, you know, like there's the Marianas Trench, which is like, like what Mount Everest upside down. Even deeper than that, I think. Yeah, like miles. Like anytime they've done a uh, journey to like that trench, they've discovered new species just because yeah. there's so and many I, undocumented I species. I love that. Like we, we know more about outer space than we do about this thing we live by. Yeah. Like the 75% of the world is the ocean. And there's just so many creatures we have never discovered. And I just, I've always liked um sea creatures and you know like when we when they had that video of the giant squid back in the mid 2000s that was a big deal yeah because it was it had basically been myth up until that point yeah oh no no it's real we have video of it and you know now we we can have video of vampire squids which are these little squids that have create their own light and angler fish and gulper fish or there's one that's really really long and it's a jaw it's yeah. humongous it can unhinge its jaw and like swallow things like five its times its jaw size. basically becomes a giant net and then it kind of like just sucks it back up and the bone reattaches yeah it's incredible what's in the ocean and um and obviously steven hillenberg being a marine biologist <laughs> this was his homage to you know trench because that because each uh just like the atmosphere, there's levels of the ocean. And the deeper you go, the less we know. And Stephen Hillenberg, being a marine biologist, he would know, like, okay, we, this is the style we need to go for. This is the look. This is the feeling. Yeah, it's like, this is what and the fish are going to look like. It's great. I, I love Rock Bottom. I wish they actually had visited there one more time before the movie, at least. Yeah, one more time in the first two I mean, seasons. You, you know, now, there's also another one where they... They go to this trench, and everyone's a hillbilly. Yeah, um, they're the trench billy. Yeah, which that was a, that was just a weird. That one, but they weren't in the dark in that one. No, it's just it's just like a almost like a valley that was separated from everyone yeah, else. Yeah, it was very. That was just a weird episode. And also in SpongeBob, it can get tiring being in Bikini Bottom and not visiting other places. Yeah, that's why the movie was such a big deal because it's like this odyssey where he's going to all these different lands and then they had that atlantis special and that was a big deal um so anytime that spongebob visits like another basically like bubble that's not his own another world that's not really that far away it's literally one bus ride away from bikini bottom but no one goes there and they didn't even know about rock bottom uh until they left bikini bottom so i I like that. It's also like the one where Gary gets lost and he's in a completely other town. Yeah. It's like, it's not Bikini Bottom, but it's still just kind of like this regular fish city, although it looks a bit bigger than Bikini Bottom. A lot of the, like, a lot more people and a lot of the buildings are much closer Bikini, together. Like, SpongeBob feels like almost like it's out in the Midwest where there's like this little town and then you gotta drive for miles and miles and miles till you see another town. And it's like there's completely yeah. different cultures. Yeah, in between each town. I, but I like that. That's, and there's big open fields in between yeah, each city. Yeah, it's just nothing. Yeah. And then it's just these little crop-ups, which I guess is supposed to be like, you know, Great Barrier Reef fish. Well, yeah, it's like the communities of fish form around specific locations. 
Uh, but that about wraps it up for the um, talking about the episode. Now let's talk about through our favorite quotes and moments. Uh, my favorite moment is going to be um, where SpongeBob's at the back of the line and the fish lays the giant egg on his head and he just accepts it like, <laughs> um, and then it you know it hatches. Um, and then my favorite quote is going to be the the very rude and sarcastic. Uh, guy who at the bus station who also stole his candy bar and he goes, I can't understand your accent. And I, I love that. My favorite moment is obviously going to be the candy bar where the, bu- the <laughs> well, bus gonna be mine. The bus uh, is synced with his movements where he's slightly <laughs> tapping it and the It's all just revving. sound once the hand goes in. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and my favorite quote is going to be the very end where the fish has blown up his balloon and he's floating away and he goes, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is about it for Rock Bottom and Bikini Bottom Live. Season one is Travaganza part two. Get ready for part three. Uh, hopefully either the end of this month or the beginning of next month. Um, we know we... We missed out on another month again, but it's we're extremely busy, and this podcast is literally an afterthought of our lives. Um, if we were making money off of it, sure, we would. We have. Or we just had more we free have, time in general. Well, yeah, and we, we and we don't. We, we started we, the podcast when we had a lot of free time. We've actually been doing these extravaganzas basically in chunks because they take so long. We actually started this at the beginning of February, and we thought we were going to get out at literally the last day of February, but it just didn't happen. So we're going to get this out. And then part three uh, will come out soon and that will finish season one. And then we can move on to season two. And we're excited for that. So if you need to um, contact us for any reason, uh, our email is lovetteanimation at gmail.com. Please leave us a good review on iTunes. We've actually been getting uh, some good reviews. I think we've got uh, four out of five stars on iTunes. Uh, I think our viewership's gone down just a little bit because of, you know, infrequency of uh, release dates. But, you know, we can't really fix that at the moment. But we're going to keep it the same quality we have. And i like to thank all the people who listen, not only in the United States, but all the other countries that where you listen I think that's incredible that people, you know, in the Middle East or in the middle of Africa listen to a podcast about SpongeBob. That's incredible to me. But from all of us here, I'm Landon. And I'm McKinley. And thank you for listening.